So Cameron, you know what? It's been really tough being so far away from each other and like mm-hmm. still doing this podcast together. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really tough. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be nice if we could be in the same room. What, how, Cameron, how is that possible with all this distance? Oh, well, have you heard of VR? VR? What's that? It's virtual reality where we can imagine we're in the same room and it will kind of feel just like that, I think. Whoa, let's try that out. Yeah, let's talk about it. Hello, everyone. It is nice to be here today in a wonderful episode of Region Unlocked. My name's Cameron, and I am joined, as always, by the wonderful virtual jake (laughs) Jake. oh sorry the wonderful virtual jake yes Yes. i like that title you are virtual on my screen right now despite that intro we are not in vr but i actually tried to set that up before we started today i downloaded one of the oculus vr meeting rooms Uh uh-huh and thought this would be cool to, to try the listeners would gain nothing out of this uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, oh, yes, I can tell they're in a, a VR room as they do this podcast. But, oh, my, there was so much, like, red tape of setting up accounts and getting, like, my computer connected to the Oculus as well because I wanted to have my notes up. But mm-hmm. it is pretty cool to have a little virtual meeting room that we could have been sitting in. But, alas, yeah. it, was, it was too complicated to set up. Not worth my time. Huh. Okay. I guess if we had more time to really truly set that up and look into how how we can make that possible later in the future. That might be kind of fun. Yeah, it would um, be fun. I've even, yeah, I've thought about that at some point. We could probably alter sort of the way we do things, uh, maybe even like stream some kind of a video version of it. But yeah, that that would be interesting to look into. But we still are sort of in a virtual meeting room yeah. via online, right? Yeah, so absolutely. So it's just, we're not 3D. We're just LCD pictures that are moving. That is correct. Which is fine. Uh, yeah. Way to describe video. Well done. Oh, thank you. I I feel very smart. Here, let, let me adjust my monocle and... Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. All right. Well, Jake, question for you. Mm-hmm. Last week, during our episode, you were interrupted by a knock on the door to a pleasant <laughs> surprise of a PS5. So tell us all about uh, your week with your PS5. Okay. Yeah, sure thing. Well, let's see. Uh, during that last episode... I don't know if it's on the recording or not, but I actually yelled out to the delivery man, Chotomate kudasai. <laughs> I, <can, laughs> so, I heard it. <laughs> so that uh, they, they wouldn't leave, of course, because in Japan, delivery people are notorious, believe it or not, for leaving quickly, like knocking once, dropping it off, and then running away, or not even dropping it off, just mm. because, you know, tight schedules here. So if I wouldn't have gotten the door, he would have left a missed slip that I would have had to get up and truck it all the way over to the nearest post office or the main branch to pick it up. <laughs> oh, so you were yelling at him to come back? No, I, I was waiting for him to wait uh, just to tell him that I'm here. Oh, um, I see. It's necessary sometimes. And then he said, hi, hi. Like, I understand. <laughs> so I went and signed for it and got it. And yeah, I've got my new PS5 that I've been playing like crazy. And it has been fun. Like, yeah, I'm kind of just crawling out again. Uh, from under this cave of the Stone Age from, like, previous technology. But I'm really impressed by the cool controller mm-hmm. and how fancy those triggers are. And it's just like, you know, it's it's kind of a almost like a, a novelty toy at this time just to just play with it. Mm-hmm. I did get to transfer all of my PS4 games over to the PS5 and the save data. So I've played a little bit on those. But the only real PS5 game I have so far downloaded is still Astro's Playroom. Yeah. Which I platinumed already. Oh, did you really? Yes. Fun it's, game. It is a fun game. I just, I had yeah. no inclination to go back after I <laughs> finished it. Actually, I don't think yeah, I yeah. finished it. No, you I haven't? did. Never mind. Oh, did you? Scrap did you? That. <laughs> I did. I remember being stuck for a while. Well, for a moment after you beat the uh-huh. four main levels and then like the basement opens up and I was yeah. just like, how do I get down there? Because you could just like yeah. see it down through that CPU center, and uh-huh. uh, it took me a while to find the stairs down to it. So yeah, I must have beat it. Oh yeah, there's a that's a pretty cool boss fight. 
Isn't it like with a T-Rex? Yeah. Or something? It's with a, It's with like a PS1 polygonal style T-Rex. And then he evolves into a fancier T-Rex, right? Yep. And it's kind of got you on the edge of your seat. The game's not really hard per se, but it makes you still, you know, sit on the edge of your seat like, oh no, I'm going to have to restart if I get, you know, Yeah, it was, a, it was a pretty intense final fight for as simple mm-hmm. as that game was. Yeah, it's true. One of the coolest things that I noticed also is if you look up, it's like the inside of the PS5. Ever noticed that? Oh, like in the lobby? Yeah, the main lobby is like the shape of the PS5. So it's like you're looking from inside out. It's like you oh, that's see cool. those little vents, those curved vents. No, I hadn't looked up. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty cool. So check that out sometime. Oh, when you go back. And another cool thing, and I just found this really cool and nerdy because, I mean, why not? That's why we're here. The little gaming peripheral, I don't know if it's like a memory card or something. It has A5081. Yeah. I don't know if you've noticed that A5081. So that is, <laughs> it, it looks like A-S-O-B-I. Asobi. Oh, I don't know what Asobi. that is. Asobi. Asobi in Japan means to play. Oh. Like, like asobimasu, to play something, to play a video game. Okay. <laughs> So it's like, hey, cool. That, that's a Japanese pun. <laughs> yeah, that game, it's just full of little Easter eggs. Like it's, uh-huh. it's just a cool little explorative box of PS One. No, not PS One. Of PlayStation lore, and it's really cool. It's true. Like seeing all those little filmed uh, segments of the famous PlayStation games. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that's that game. <laughs> you, you you punch the little dudes, and they don't even get mad at you. They just follow you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, unfortunately, though, you were telling me that you have garbage internet and have not actually played any legit PS5 games yet. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, but the plan's going to change because uh, I'm going on an extended business trip to a town called Shizuoka, which is a coastal city a couple hours south of Tokyo. Mm-hmm. It's a little closer to Mount Fuji, um, just a little bit south of it. So I'm going to be going there tomorrow for two weeks. I'll be staying in a hotel and I can probably use that Wi-Fi to download some more games because my current Wi-Fi is rather terrible Mm -hmm. and that's really stinky right now, especially when video games are your utmost passion. Yes. So hopefully in the next couple weeks or so, I can have some better games to talk about. Yep. You're, you're living the biggest downside of an all digital version of a console. Mm. So uh, did you have an option there? Why'd you go with the digital one? To be honest, it was the only one that was available at a reasonable price. Okay. And at this point, you know, when you see a PS5, you you click <laughs> add to cart, like immediately. Yeah. <laughs> before someone else's bot does. So that's what I did. And I saw it was digital. I'm like, you know what? Screw it. All my copies on the PS4 are digital. So I can just transfer them without the, without the CD and not have to worry about that. Yeah. And it's worked fine so far. To be honest, I've never used the disk drive on my PS4 once. Really? Really. Wow. So not going to be missing anything anytime soon. Hopefully. Hmm. Alrighty. It works. So Cameron, tell us about what's going on in your life. Uh, Not much has changed since last week other than I did finish my mobile gaming rig. Oh, sweet. Uh, Yeah, I'll send you a picture. It's on our Instagram. I'm sure you could take a look at it. And it is freaking awesome. Um, (laughs) Very good 1080p gaming machine, all built into one giant box with a very awesome sound system built into it. And that's, it's about the size of like a standard guitar amp, the whole thing. But (laughs) the only thing (laughs) mobile about this, I say mobile in quotes, is Mm -hmm. the fact that it's all in one and it has handles (laughs) on it. But it is probably the heaviest thing I've ever built. (laughs) It is stupid how heavy it is. And it kind of completely negates my original intention for this. But part Mm -hmm. of it was the monitor I had came with like little built-in speakers on it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, okay, good. That'll, That'll help me keep things compact. And the speakers were just so bad. And I thought, this thing's going to be so nice. I need better sound to go with it. And so I bought uh, this $30 little desktop set from Best Buy. It was fine, but had no bass to it. No no satisfying shots in Halo, you know? Yeah. And 
Then I had this little Logitech system that does have a subwoofer that I, I stick in my arcade cabinets I usually build. Okay. But even then, it would not go very loud. Like it sure okay. it had a little rumble to it, and I had to make it bigger to fit that little subwoofer in it. And then I just said, screw it. And I built a bigger subwoofer actually into the case, so it's actually part of it. Huh. So that way it would, you know, it would sound much better as it's firing directly out of the case instead of like just screwing a subwoofer into it and okay. like drilling holes to, you know, make room for where the speakers are shooting out. And then I had this sound bar I built a few years ago that I was never, I never used it mm-hmm. that has these eight little speakers in it. And so I pulled all eight of those out and kind of built those around this case as well. And it's crazy just how much weight speakers add. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you hold one, it's like, oh, that's not much. You hold eight in a subwoofer, and it's adding up. <laughs> and I built the whole thing out of red oak, which is a beautiful hard wood. Yeah. And it looks great. And everyone who's looked at it has pointed out that this thing kind of looks like an old school TV. With yeah. With all the, the nice wood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, dense thick heavy wood basically and so i wouldn't i haven't weighed it yet but this thing's got to be about 80 pounds (laughs) all right holy cow you could put some wheels on the bottom yeah i've actually thought about it um it just uh, that's not that much more convenient either but either way it's really cool it's probably the most proud i've ever been of a, a project took a lot of time and too much money stupid amount of money but it looks really cool and it probably works amazingly i'm sure it does so i've not built anything lately just been using the laptop that you recommended to me (laughs) which which i'm sure is much more mobile oh it's quite mobile Uh, i wouldn't say it's on the same par as what you just built uh well no reasons though power wise yours is better graphically Oh, you think so? Yeah, you you have an RTX 3060. I have ah, a GTX yeah. 1070, which is like five gotcha. years older. Ah, and okay. so in my car, it's great for, like I said, 1080p gaming. But yours can handle like some good 1440p, mm-hmm. and it'll run everything on ultra settings, When which mine cannot do that. I was a little disappointed because I do run Halo Infinite on high, and it holds okay. 75 frames the whole time. But if I hmm. go into the campaign, which is a big open world, it drops to like th- below 30. It's anywhere from like 20 to 40 frames. Wow. Which uh, you definitely notice the difference. Holy cow. Hmm. Well, it still runs it though, right? Yeah, it does. <laughs> and I could drop it to medium, but no. It doesn't no. matter because I've already beat it. <laughs> okay. So it's all for the purposes of science and talking about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. <laughs> all right. So, Jake, let's go ahead and get started on our main conversation. And yeah. this episode is going to be a little different. You know, normally we talk very retro. We talk about all these games of our, the past, the nostalgia. But really, this episode is, is kind of all about the future of gaming mm-hmm. and the giant strides that have come from VR. VR has always been something kind of fantastical that we only saw in movies and seemed very far out of reach or too mm-hmm. expensive to be, you know, f- home friendly. Yeah. And that has changed quite a bit to the point now where I look at the future and it's it's so up in the air. I think <laughs> our, our future could be very immersive video game experiences. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy how much this has changed since what like 2014 or so to now yeah it's mm-hmm. changed quite a bit so it has with that we're talking the oculus we're talking vr and jake why don't you start us off with some history yeah sure thing so uh we're gonna be talking about the oculus here first and foremost this is probably the biggest I guess, accessible, well-known VR slash AR unit on the market. VR meaning virtual reality, AR meaning augmented reality, which is uh, 
What would be a good way to explain augmented reality? Like, Well, uh, real- the best way to explain it is to say you're wrong. The biggest AR experience is Pokemon Go. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right, that's that's fair. But yeah, so <laughs> augmented is it's kind of like what you're seeing in real life is being manipulated through a screen in front of you. So if you're playing mm-hmm. Pokemon Go, it accesses your camera. So mm-hmm. you see reality in front of you, and then it puts like a Pokemon in that image. But yeah. uh, AR has not advanced in a way I thought it would so far. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's, it's not as mainstream as where it might go, but we'll, we'll talk mm-hmm. about that in a bit. Yeah, yeah, sure thing. So the Oculus was invented by Palmer Lucky while well, he was a uh, uni student, college student. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. My, my friends and I, we all say uni because like we're not all Americans. So I've been picking right. up uh, lingo. <laughs> uh, he was at the University of Southern California Institute for Creative Technologies. So he basically hacked this uh, prototype together in 2010 in his parents' garage. So it was a head-mounted display, HMD. Mm-hmm. And yet again, we've got an amazing uh, potential idea slash product that was put together in a garage. <laughs> what do we got? The Apple computer, Mickey Mouse. How many other things were <laughs> invented in a garage? <laughs> uh, probably a car. I don't probably know. a car. <laughs> uh, I mean, that kind of makes sense. I mean, it's, a, it's a great workspace. Yeah, for real. So his goal was to make a VR headset that was what you said, not only more affordable, but more accessible. Um, to the mainstream market because prior to this vr was nothing that we could do like i remember as a kid a virtual reality helmet was one of my dream gifts like i always wanted that concept because i saw like a video or something somewhere someone putting something on their face you could be in this virtual world i thought that was the coolest thing Uh and i've wanted one since i was probably eight or nine but of course you can never get something like that Um, and the only ones that you could Fine. We're like those cheapo LCD, um, like really cheap. I don't, I can't oh my even gosh. explain it. Yes. I, <laughs> yeah. So my uncle got me one for Christmas uh-huh. and I opened this up and I was just like, Oh my gosh. Is uh-huh. it what, is this what I think it is? So it was, yeah. it was a VR skateboarding game. It had a little uh-huh. skateboard you stood on and you put this headset on that looked very much like the headsets we're used to seeing right now. And uh-huh. I see that in the box, and I'm like, "Oh, this is life changing. <laughs> this is gonna. I'm gonna be thinking I'm like really skateboarding. I'm gonna be in another world." I put it on, uh-huh. and it's like one of the. It's like one of those Tiger Electronics handheld things where it's just. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's it's nothing. It's like yeah. who who took the time to 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 waste their time making this? What a joke. Mm. Yep. Same reaction, too, when I got one for baseball <laughs> for Christmas one year. And it does. It looks like one of those little uh, cheapo LCD games that you got in the 90s at McDonald's or, like, for five bucks at Target or something. Yeah, um, like, like a Game & Watch. Like a Game & Watch, which at the time was very, very out of date. <laughs> so, you know, you just you yearn for something cool. And a lot of us were thinking we wanted something awesome, right? Anyway, uh I, I digress. As oh, can, I, can I ask says. one more sidetrack question? Oh, of course. Uh, you said you got to try out a virtual boy, right? You've experienced yes. one. So mm-hmm. can you describe what that 3D was like? Yeah. So it's um, hmm, it's very similar to the Oculus, uh, like uh, the modern day, like Oculus in the, the concept of. All right. Let me back up for just a second. It looks really good. The 3D works really well. It's like vector images, mm-hmm. uh, but it's all like red and black. Yeah. Um, but it does work really well. And like the image is very clear and it's very similar to what you'd see in a modern VR headset. But I could see why it was way ahead of its time. If you're not used to that, it's going to hurt your head. It's going to give you a headache. Hmm. So like when you're looking at it, it's so like, what you would not expect from an old 80s console yeah i could see where people would be like kind of not ready for it yet um mm-hmm. but it looks really cool it was just ahead of its time yeah that's interesting because it's like they pulled off the technology but i the games weren't where they needed to be the uh-huh. i guess the, the visuals were not you know 
as we see them now. And I think that's uh-huh. really the best experience for VR immersion. You can't you can't be playing a Wario world side scroller in mm-hmm. in bright red 3D. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. And and a lot of the games that I did check out on it were um like first person view. Um Oh, they were. Uh yeah, there was like this shooting game uh where you were like flying around trying okay. to dodge stuff and then there was a tennis game which I guess has the camera over the player, but you're like cycling left and right you know, as the tennis court moves with you. Okay. So, yeah, side-scrolling really doesn't work the same way. But yeah, but it was cool. Okay. Just a little bit ahead of its time. Anyway, uh, back to the history of the Oculus. Uh, Palmer Lucky, his concept grew really fast. And he was on this uh, forum, which John Carmack was on too. He was... Uh, with id software who made like wolfenstein quake and doom okay. big names yeah and that caught his attention so he kind of got to work with uh, lucky and uh the idea was to bring a playable version of doom 3 to the headset and then later on that was planned for e3 2012 and this was the oculus rift prototype this is the first time we'd see it like and people would see what this project was yeah this was definitely a success, all right? Everyone loved it. And that's when the Kickstarter campaign began. Oculus was notorious for being funded by a crowdfunding campaign. Okay. So it was a prototype at this point, And these dev kits were being shipped out to people who backed $300 or more. So this was still not a consumer product released to mass markets. Mm-hmm. And there were also 100 uh, unassembled prototype kits for backers of $275 or more, which I'm going to guess in this day and age, those are probably worth even more now. (laughs) Yeah. But this is the coolest. Within four hours of launching, the $250,000 goal was raised. Dang. Four hours. And in less than 36 hours, it surpassed $1 million. Yeah. People want, they wanted this. Like, yes, this was a dream come true. Uh-huh. Yep. In a strangely figurative, literal sense. Like, you're going to be seeing stuff soon. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, it, it eventually ended with $2,437,429 in backing. Okay. So, I think it's safe to say that this was a success. It was a good start. Yeah, definitely a good start. And it's gone through a lot of uh, changes and back-and-forth stuff. <laughs> yeah. It was acquired by... Facebook in March of 2014, and that was after launching the Oculus Rift DK2. Then the company partnered with Samsung to release the Gear VR. Uh, That was an accessory for uh, the Galaxy smartphones. This was 2015. And then it wasn't until March 2016 that the Oculus released the first consumer version available to stores and mass markets. Do you know what that price was? Uh, I don't have it in front of me right now. I, I believe it was 600 600 honestly that seems kind of cheap but uh, for the first headset you know Mm -hmm. but so okay so let's say baseline 600 all right uh and then a couple of other iterations and stuff i i'm not going to talk too much about the uh the 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 facebook back and forth stuff because that's not as interesting i think um (laughs) but in 2019 it was the first release of the high-end standalone headset where you wouldn't have to pair it with anything like it was just a system in and of itself. And that was the Oculus Quest. Yeah. Um, so prior to this, um, let me give like a, a little a side spiel. Most VR headsets had to be paired with another like parent system in order for it to work. So you'd be basically streaming whatever's going on in the headset from like the main system. Yeah. If that makes sense. But now you've got a standalone system. You've got its own little operating system within the, uh, the headset. So you wouldn't need like a PlayStation 4 or a PC mm-hmm. to use it. But you could still stream it from another um, source. Like, I could use my Oculus right now to stream something from my PC, but you wouldn't need to. Right. That is uh, the end of the interesting stuff, uh, <laughs> <laughs> to be totally honest. Well, and from there, you got the Quest 2, and that's, the, that's where we're at today. That was released in 2020. Yeah, so let's talk about kind of the, the slow evolution of, sure, VR showed up with that first oculus but man was the barrier to of entry steep super Mm -hmm. steep to where only small demographic of hobbyists with a lot of money 
mm-hmm. were experiencing this and very few people were getting their hands on it. And to break it down, like you probably needed a good gaming computer of mm-hmm. let, let's say 1500 bucks. That, that's going to get you a pretty good, powerful computer. So mm-hmm. you got to have that. The Oculus, 600 the Valve Index, which right now is kind of the standard for computer-powered headsets, is still a thousand dollars, and even then, they're coming with cables and cameras, and you have to make a very dedicated space to play this in. Mm-hmm. So it was, even though it was available to the mass markets, it was not a casual experience. Mm, yeah. And that really changed with Oculus slowly dropping those prices. And like you said, the Oculus Quest that came out, mm-hmm. uh, as well as they had the Oculus Go, which was like mm-hmm. $200. And, but that one uh, was not as gaming focused. It didn't come with the two-handed controllers. It really just had like a remote. It was more mm-hmm. for just watching stuff. Yeah. My first experience with VR was with the Galaxy. Wait, what'd you call it? What was the phone one? Phone one was the, um, oh, the Gear VR. Yeah, it was Samsung yeah, Gear. the Gear. Yep. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so, Lindsay's brother, Justin, he had one of these Samsung phones and then got the Gear for Christmas. And still, this was, it was more of a viewing experience. It had no controller. It just had this little touchpad on the side. Mm-hmm. And we would just use it to, like, look at 3D pictures where you're just, like, kind of standing in the middle and can... Walk, look around it's like oh i'm in an aquarium oh there's a shark right there but none of it's moving it's just a big 3d picture there's mm-hmm. a couple games you could play on it but they were mostly like phone games and mm-hmm. again not the most mind-blowing other than just i guess the experience of being in vr okay i later tried a friend had one of the later versions of the rift kind of okay. before the quests came out. And mm-hmm. again, he had to have all the cameras set up and it had a pretty bad screen door effect. Okay. Uh, the screen door effect is basically the fact that these early editions did not have a tight enough resolution on those screens. Because if you were looking uh-huh. at a screen like less than an inch from your eye, you uh-huh. are going to see those pixels. Oh, and when they're only capable of like 1080p per eye at the beginning, it kind of looks like you're looking through a screen door. Yeah, it's got like that weirdo like line thing. Yeah, because you're seeing like the gaps in the pixels because it's just that close. And there's like being magnified with the lenses in there. And the the Quest 2 was like the first headset to get rid of the screen door effect because it just got the resolution so high. And now that's that's been one of the goals is keep pumping up that resolution for each eye uh-huh. and uh, getting rid of that effect. So was is the Quest 2 your first experience in VR? Mm-hmm. The first official experience, aside from that one 15 years prior, which wasn't really VR. <laughs> your baseball <laughs> game. Yeah, my baseball game. Well, I guess every day is like a VR trip, like... I guess if you don't have a, a, a helmet on, every day is like VR. The graphics are amazing, but the story sucks. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> I think you've told that joke before. Have I? Or at least it's it's a common internet joke. But uh, I'm here every day, folks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So, I don't know. Tell, tell me, what do you think about this? What do you love about it? Okay, this is going to sound really overused and corning. I love how immersive it is. Oh, yeah? Let me explain. Yeah, okay. it's, it's so intuitive. Is it intuitive? <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Buzzwords that you hear too much in reviews. Um, <laughs> so immersion. Uh, what I love about it is, and what's kind of eye-opening for anyone who's not used VR before, is how in the moment it lets you be. Like, it lets you be virtually where you are. It changes everything around you. Mm-hmm. And not just the graphics, like you can look at a screen and be like, oh, I'm there. Okay, I see something in front of me. But when you put this uh, headset on, wherever you move your head or your body, you move within that digital world in the game, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. It's like if you move two inches to the left, you're doing that in the game. And any like subtle movements you make are all translated around you. And that's uh, that's something that you don't really, you can't really explain 
expect before you've tried、um, VR where it is today.、Yeah. You don't really, you've never seen anything like it before, so you can't really expect it. There's really no expectations going right. Right, you can't describe it. No matter like what、uh -huh. we're doing, if someone's listening who's not tried it, uh huh, it, it's all meaningless. Uh huh. Yep. You just you have to experience it. Yeah, it's it's so true. It's it's tough to explain,、uh, other than I guess that way. But it's addictive, and it's really fun to play with friends because you can be like in the same room as someone else across the、uh, globe, and that's what Cameron and I have done quite a few times,、mm -hmm. um, especially in preparation of podcasts. Just to talk, is we've played a lot of、uh, mini golf, specifically. Walkabout mini golf Walkabout, game. That game is so good. It is. It is. And yeah, let's talk a little bit about our experience there because you know you can be on an actual putt putt course in real time,、mm -hmm. which is kind of cool. Yeah, that's one of the more immersive ones because putt putt's so simple. Uh huh. And、yeah. it doesn't require a lot of movement. You can just kind of like teleport around, and、mm -hmm. uh, you can set up a space within your house. So that's. Another thing that was so game changing about the Quest Two is that it's got what's called inside-out tracking, where、mm -hmm. it's got four cameras on the outside of your headset, and that tracks your room and your position in it, and sells、mm -hmm. it all back to Facebook. I'm sure. <laughs> well, it's not selling it; they're just taking it. <laughs> yeah, we paid them for them to take that information. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> and you know, before that, you had to set up these cameras that like mapped out your room. So this all all in one, no wires. Again. Awesome, and so you can set up this space within a room where basically you take your your、uh, your controller and you trace a spot in the floor. It's like, all right, this is my game space. If I step out of this, warn me, right?、Mm -hmm. So if you set up a big enough space, you can walk this whole putt putt course, right? And、mm -hmm. uh, I did that once back when my garage was cleaner, and set、mm -hmm. up the perimeter in my entire garage floor,、mm -hmm. and was able to. Walk in a much bigger virtual space, and that—that that is immersion right there. The, <laughs> just the more space you can dedicate to it, but again, that's hard to come by, and they don't、yeah. recommend you do this outside because the sun can screw up the cameras. Ah, okay. The sun screws up the cameras, like it—it it, it makes the image wonky or something. Or um, I think just like glare and whatnot, it can't—it can't track. I see. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay. So,、um, going a little bit deeper into that, the the headset itself has got four cameras: one, two, three, four, two on the top, two on the bottom.、Mm -hmm. So it gives you like this virtual, like almost like three D spherical rendering of your room. So you can walk around with just the headset on, and it map like you see an image of your room that's projecting from those、um, cameras. Yeah, and that's what you use for safety to map、yeah. out.、And、when you map out the room, and by tracing the the floor. You're you're holding the control in your hand and you're moving physically around, like you're physically pointing it like a gun、mm -hmm. on the floor to trace it. it no, no control sticks. You're all moving. <laughs> so, walk about mini golf. This game, I wanted to say, it brings me back to my childhood when I had a dream of owning my own mini golf course. <laughs> you got it. You can、yes. play any time. And surprisingly enough, it was a pirate-themed mini golf course on an island. <laughs> wow! And what's the first level that you go to in Walkabout Mini Golf? The pirate level. The pirate level on an island. Yep. So, you know what? I was doing that once. I was playing by myself, and I was just walking through the cave, thinking to myself, if I was eight years old right now, I would be like on freaking cloud nine. I would have been the happiest person in the world.、Mm -hmm. I do think about that too. It's like if past me knew that this is what gaming was going to do,、uh -huh. if, if current us knew where it's going to go, I think our minds would be blown. Yes, we we would have passed out from sheer euphoria. <laughs> like it's it's difficult to comprehend what things would have been like, or you know, if you had introduced technologies of now to the past, it's really fun to think about those hypothetical situations. How would people react? How would we react? Well, we already know they didn't buy it, Virtual Boy. That came, someone sent that from the future. That's true. <laughs> and they they just packaged it in a nice little '80s molded plastic casing. Yeah. Well, let's come back to games here in a minute. I wanted to talk about the future. Where、mm -hmm. is it going? 
and what is happening right now. And there is a, a lot of really cool things happening, but like the early Oculus, they're still very early in development and mm-hmm. not available to the masses. But the things that are available are very expensive. Mm-hmm. 10 years from now, what's it going to be like? What's our game room setup going to be? Mm. And first off, one of the things that they need to improve that the quest still struggles with is what we call field of view. So yes. field of view is, you know, what we see in our peripherals. Mm-hmm. We have, you know, as far as our eyes can see, we've got like a full, what, 180 degrees, if not a little more than 180. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and the quest two only has 89 degrees. Mm. So it, you can break your immersion pretty easily. If you just kind of look, it's like, Oh, it looks like I'm, Holding my if you if you you know you're holding your hands around your eyes and went through yes. the world like that. That's kind of uh-huh. what it looks like. And yep. again, part of what makes the Valve Index so impressive is its field of view is 130 degrees. Oh, way wow. more. And there's some other ones that are pushing 180. Wow. But they're super expensive, and you know they don't have the network that the Quest does, and like the access to all the apps and. Stuff like mm-hmm. that. So uh, it's kind of a bummer that the Qu- Quest is kind of monopolizing the market, mm-hmm. but their drive to keep prices cheap is really pushing innovation, I'd say. But, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, that's that's not here nor there. <laughs> yeah. So we want wider field of view. And mm-hmm. then the, the big immersion deal breaker for me is movement locomotion okay a lot of games are set up in two different ways Mm -hmm. you can teleport from place to place and that is the smoothest or you can just use your controllers as if it was say your playstation controller and Mm -hmm. play like a first person shooter point forward you move forward i hate it i know oh yeah you've done better with it it makes me too motion sick and it just Mm -hmm. It just feels wrong because it's like, okay, I'm I'm trying to be in this world as best as I can, but also now I'm just gliding across the floor. Uh-huh. And I, I don't like that. So when I play Half-Life Alex or Resident <laughs> Evil 4, I always do teleportation. Okay. And it just it makes me motion sick if I do the pointer, like actually, you know, pushing on the joysticks. Mm-hmm. I don't like mm-hmm. it. So yeah, man. that has been a huge development. How do we put walking, actual walking into VR? Mm. And we kind of can, like I said, if you set up a big enough area. Yeah. But like uh, ready player one, Uh we're working on these omnidirectional treadmills where you stand in one place. It moves from under you. And right now there, there is the first consumer version called the catwalk C. Okay. Which might be hard to describe, but you stand in this concave circle. So it's uh-huh. like the center is the low point and then it's curved up on the edges. So your feet. It, it almost looks like a little trampoline, like the way it curves in. Yeah. Like a, like a contact lens. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah okay. Yeah. So if you, if you put your foot <laughs> on the edge, it's, it's going to naturally like slide down towards the center. Uh-huh. And you have to wear these special like friction adjusting shoes to do it. Mm-hmm. But so you stand in this and then it has these bars that come up and attach at a belt at your waist. Mm-hmm. And so that pivots when you pivot it allows you to crouch up and down and it holds you in place while you run on this thing. And I want to try that so badly <laughs> and it's expensive right now. I just looked it up. It's on sale for 1400 bucks. I think when it came out, it was 2000. So good gravy. It's already dropped a lot. You know, again, in the grand scheme of things, yes, this is only for the hobbyists with lots of money right now. Uh huh. Yeah. But it's getting cheaper. And will we, will we all have something like this at some point? Hmm. I've watched some really cool videos on it. Like it's, it's awkward at first because it's not like natural walking or running. You have uh-huh. to adapt to it. And, but once you do, all the reviews I've seen are just like, this is the most immersive thing ever. Mm-hmm. And there's this channel called Thrill Seeker. 
who I, I watch a lot of, who only focuses yes. on VR content. And to test this out, he decided to run from one edge of the continent in Skyrim and back. And it wow. took him like four hours to do it. <laughs> and he kind of ruined the shoes in the process. But wow. he was just talking about how incredible and immersive that was, especially as he was getting tired. And, you know, you're kind of your sense is kind of dull when you're uh-huh. tired and just how yeah. as he was jogging, he just felt like he was legit running through at the virtual world of Skyrim. Wow. That's that's really cool. And th- think how much in better shape gamers would be. Yeah, that that's definitely the future. I mean, I mean, like just movement in general with uh, video games is becoming a surefire trend. But I can see this as well as being part of the future that we're maybe going to look forward to. Because in the past, it was like, oh, how good can we make these graphics? Now it's how immersive in a way can we make yeah. this? Um, I mean, I guess it's getting cheaper now. But you're still always going to be paying for hardware, and that's always going to be expensive. Yeah. There's a lot of hardware there. Yeah. Software might be getting cheaper, though. There's a lot of really cool YouTube videos I've watched on this as well. And I haven't seen anything as cool as what you just described, but it looks cool. (laughs) Yeah, I I want that. I want to play through Resident Evil 4 with Uh that, where you actually have to run out of the way of the terrifying things chasing you. Yeah, yeah. That would be so awesome. (laughs) It sounds so much scarier. Uh-huh. But that's what I want. I, I want uh-huh. that immersion. And I think all this stuff is coming. We will have this. It's just a matter of when and how much are we willing to pay when we finally get that. Yes. So one thing that I think has already failed, but I thought was really cool at the time is VR arcades okay. were becoming a thing, a place where you could go basically rent a headset for a while Mm -hmm. and experience these things that again, no one really had at home. Yeah. Now I think quest two has kind of ruined that (laughs) and COVID has ruined it where Mm. I think a lot of those went down and I don't know who wants to come back. Uh, they're, they're not a ton. I'm sure you've probably got easier access to them in, in Japan. Oh yeah. And what, what I wanted to see though, it was, Basically, there were some of these VR arcades that were creating arenas. Mm-hmm. These VR arenas where you were basically playing laser tag with your friends in this giant room where the room is mapped to the game. Mm. You had this huge space where you could freely run, mm-hmm. and the only thing you could run into was another person. Yeah. But you're seeing them for real, right? Mm-hmm. Like You just see their silly avatar. And I yeah. thought that looked really cool because there's no other place to have that kind of experience you can't have that in your home Uh uh-huh that sort of immersion to freely run that much with people right next to you Mm -hmm. so i don't know where i was going with that i just i think that's really (laughs) awesome but again i think that's it's too niche yeah yeah for now it's just not gonna it's not gonna stick i don't think well it's not already gone (laughs) yeah i mean we are talking about future developments i think that's something that who knows what could happen there um like we've got paintball and laser tag now and those are popular and those have been around is laser tag still popular well it's been around for a while and like who knows maybe this could be that thing that replaces it when things start changing in the future you know as everything gets digitized who knows yeah I i think it's got potential um i know over here VR arcades are much more popular than they probably are in the States right now. Okay. But that's just Japan in general. Like people spend a lot of time and money at arcades because of limited space and limited time. Like people just devote their life to one game and they'll just like after work, go to that game and play it for hours. Yeah. That's just the thing over here. So I know that there's a lot of VR arcades here that are still up and running and super popular. That's good. I haven't tried them out. I don't really have a desire to. Well, yeah, um, you don't need to. Yeah. <laughs> I got my Oculus Quest right over here. <laughs> yeah, because I was looking at one of the sites and it was advertising the games. It's like, oh, come play Super Hot, come play Beat Saber. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, no thanks. 
I have that. <laughs> I don't need yes. to go to this. Uh, it, it was like 45 bucks an hour oh, to gosh. play this. Yeah. Whew, you need to be charging. You need to be charging people <laughs> to come play your Beat Saber. I should. Just put a sign on my front door. Come play my <laughs> Oculus. Just with, with Sharpie. Come play Beat Saber. $45. It's like, <laughs> sure, everyone's going to come over. Um, but I, I think the one thing that we all need to start getting used to or people need to start accepting more is the concept of getting used to a virtual world, actually being introduced to it and getting used to it by playing it for a while because of the issue that you talked about with the um, not only the field of view, but like the motion sickness. I think people just aren't used to this concept and that's why it's still really easy to get motion sick. Yeah. I also, I, I think it's kind of age locked too. Yeah. Where I don't think the generations much older than us are going to have any buy-in here. Okay. So I think it'll be a while before, you know, it becomes a, a more, the, the metaverse that uh, they want it to be. But okay. no, I don't want to talk about metaverse yet. That's coming up. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, just a, a couple more things for the future developments. Um, so like I said, we want to walk in it, but we also want to feel, mm-hmm. you know, again, that full immersion. And there are vests that they're making that have like haptic feedback in them, kind of like the PS5 controller, mm-hmm. where you feel things through that vest. And they're really trying to get down touch and holding things. So there are some simple gloves that they're working on that just kind of have like vibration in the gloves. Mm -hmm. But one of the more interesting ones I've seen is it's this giant gauntlet, basically. Okay. That is like clawed onto your hand. It kind of looks like it's a bow flex on each finger. (laughs) And, And what it does is it, interprets if you're holding something in the game Uh and then like would lock your fingers in that position. Oh, so if you were to reach out and virtually grab an apple, it's going to stop your hands around the apple. So you can't go any further. Oh, and with like some vibration as well, like you're going to feel like you're actually holding it. Wow. That's cool. It is cool. It's super cool. But it's like, at what point, are we going to just look like these weird robots, like with all this stuff on us to, uh, <laughs> to feel this virtual world when we could just be feeling our real world? You know? <laughs> wow. This virtual Apple is so intuitive. If only they could make something like this in real. Oh, wait. <laughs> Feels so real. <laughs> uh, I guess that's accomplishing what the uh, Nintendo Power Glove never could, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the power glove. As cool as it is. Cool, right? That, cool is a very loose word here. All right. So, so like I said, Metaverse. Mm-hmm. Metaverse is big right now. Mm-hmm. So big, Facebook changed their name to Meta. Is it smart? Is it really stupid? Yes. Let's talk about that. Okay. So, first off, what is Metaverse? What does it mean? Where does it come from? Don't worry, I have the answer for you. Cool. So the term metaverse. So I'm going to read something I found on this website. Mm -hmm. Uh, The term metaverse can be traced back to Neil Stevenson and his dystopian cyberpunk novel, Snow Crash. The novel was released in 1992 and is considered a canon of the genre, along with William Gibson's Neuromancer, which Neuromancer came out in 1984 about people living in a virtual data space called The Matrix. What? So <laughs> it's this, the metaverse. It comes from this book, and we've just kind of adapted it to basically virtual living spaces, virtual worlds to interact with people. And it's interesting that now with all this VR and stuff, that metaverse is now becoming this, this term, mm-hmm. when really it's existed for a long time. Basically any virtual space to interact with other people can be considered part of the metaverse. Like, I mean, uh, there is second life, there's world of Warcraft, there's freaking club penguin, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's club it's metaverse. Yeah, you remember yeah. Club penguin. Oh yeah. I also remember those, um, Microsoft notes tutorials that will play with that, uh, well, that, that old, that one YouTube song that always played on all the old videos. 
<laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, and it, yeah, the Club Penguin, that was the thing. Okay. <laughs> so this recently, again, just happened where Zuckerberg did this awful two-hour-long conference video talking about the future and metaverse. And it it was all very Ready Player One. Okay. Of we're just going to be living in this virtual space, but then at the same time, it's not just VR. It's your phone. It's it's everything. It's it's how we're connected. It's the next version of the internet. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. Thoughts, Jake, about the metaverse. About the metaverse. About this parent company of all this Facebooky stuff. Uh, I'm not super super interested in it. <laughs> it's uh, hmm. I think it's got potential, but to be totally honest, I, I don't really feel <laughs> like, like I, I could immerse myself in it the way they're saying everyone can. Yeah. It's like, whatever. It's <laughs> like, I understand Facebook or Meta now, <laughs> and that's so freaking arrogant of them to take Meta as their company name, mm-hmm. but it's like one thing to try to be future-proof. Mm-hmm. you know, to adapt, but another to try to create that future and force it upon us. Yeah. You okay. know? Yeah. And the thing is like they were selling it. Like this is the one metaverse, like in ready player one, the Oasis is the one other world. Everyone only goes through that world, but that's uh-huh. not at all. What's going to happen. It's not going to be like Microsoft being like, Oh, Facebook, can we get in on your metaverse? It's like, no, they're going to have their own. All these companies aren't going to be looking to Facebook. Cause like, Oh, but your name's meta. So you're, we have to go through you. It's like, no, it's not going to be that one cohesive experience. No. I don't know. It just, it seems so pretentious to, to force it. Mm. Like, they seem to be doing yeah well i guess if anything it's good business um you know i don't know they took a pretty big stock hit recently too so (laughs) if you market yourself a certain way you'll uh you'll appeal to a lot of people especially if you're using very infinite or like very direct very like absolute words um but (laughs) (laughs) sure yeah we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens there it is it is weird though if anything, I'm just, I'm not interested in it, to be honest. And I, I don't really have any interest in being a part of the metaverse. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I don't understand how it's really changing anything right now or anytime soon. Hmm. Well, I feel like there's this trend recently with like every, every giant franchise needs to create its own universe around it. This encompassing universe. Mm-hmm. Like we're in this uh, age of like, oh, the universe of this, which is basically a giant fandom of whatever you're talking about. So maybe yeah. that has a, uh, maybe they're just on the train or on the bandwagon of the universe age. Yeah. Could be right. <laughs> age of universes, which th- there's multiple universes. Yes. Maybe. <laughs> so Mind uh, blowing. Before, before we talk about uh, some games here, I just had, I had two questions for you. Mm. The first one. Uh, I, I want to look back a little bit at, like I said, the metaverse, that term came from a book in 1992, mm-hmm. came even earlier from the Neuromancer in 1984 with the Matrix in there. Yeah. And so do you think they were just genius? They perfectly predicted that this was going to happen or is it self-fulfilling prophecy where we shaped this future because we had an idea of that future? I think it's a little bit of both. You know, you have an idea, but it doesn't go anywhere unless someone's got the, I guess, intuition and even, you know, desire to think it through and then Mm -hmm. kind of process that. So I think it's a little bit of both, to be honest. Like you've seen the idea because it was thought of and it was put into detail because it was initially thought of. Hmm. So that's kind of what shaped it. And lo and behold, what do we got? whole bunch of conspiracy theories <laughs> yeah it is interesting and now looking at like books that i've read now like uh war cross war cross is a great book mm-hmm. and it's about basically you put on these glasses that link directly into your brain mm-hmm. which then just pulls your consciousness into like this vr world while your body just chills okay. and uh that's pretty cool 
Do we ever yeah. do that? Do we link it to our brains? Will people be okay with that? Probably not. Huh. Well, you know what? If um, Mark Zuckerberg says he's going to do it, everyone's going to be like, no. If uh, Bill Gates <laughs> says he's going to do it, everyone's going to be like, no. If Elon Musk says he's going to do it, everyone's like, oh, cool. Yeah. They'll be like, yeah, meme lord. <laughs> Give us some Dogecoin. All right. Second question. Speaking of the generations, like we said, one day when we're old, would you be cool with just like living in a virtual world inside of a retirement home? Like you're just like chilling in your retirement chair, hmm. but just living in VR. And this is like future VR, super immersive stuff. Yeah, I've thought about that. That's a really tough one. And it's really, really difficult to answer because when you get to that point, are you still even conscious of what you're thinking? I think like, you've just moved to a different form. Maybe. I think your consciousness is very much there, but your body is rotting. Huh. That's, that's really tough. I don't think so. I say just sit me on a toilet and then just leave me in the virtual world. <laughs> that's how I'm going to finish off my days. Nice. <laughs> Might as well. You know, you can move in the virtual world, not the real world, so... Yeah, and if you, you could be the young person again that you were in the virtual world, that might be fun. <laughs> yeah, or is it like upload, is it like a TV show on right now, where before they, before you die, they can just put your consciousness into a computer, and then you just live in there. What if we are all just reliving a consciousness that was uploaded of a previous life that we had already lived? And we yeah. don't even know it because the technology is that just that good. Yeah, what if we're just like seeing, we're reliving our life flashing before our eyes as we're dying right now? What if it's just a constant loop? <laughs> Include theremin music related to aliens? <laughs> Who right. knows? Who knows? So, Jake, to wrap it up, what are your favorite games on the Oculus Quest? What, what do you want people to play I want everyone to play Walkabout Mini Golf socially. It's a very fun game to be social with. Mm -hmm. um, and also because it's competitive. And yep. I want everyone to play Resident Evil 4 if uh, creepy, gory horror games do not bother you because it's really, really cool. Oh, it's and so cool. Yes, yes. I had a couple more written here. Uh, oh, Waltz of the Wizard, which oh, is... yeah, you keep telling me that. I haven't yeah. got that yet. This game has grown leaps and bounds since it was released. It was originally like just a tech demo, like if you're doing magic and spells and stuff, but this mm -hmm. has turned into a full on game and it's really cool. So if you ever get a chance, play Waltz of the Wizard. It's way more than a tech demo now. Okay. And if you get the time, Beat Saber, which I picked up recently again, I can yeah. safely say I can do it on normal now. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Good. I'm glad you're doing it on normal. Yeah. I can do it on normal now without uh, using the non-die feature. So that's where I'm at. Well done. Well done. Thanks. I don't know the last time I dropped below expert. <laughs> I cannot push expert plus. Expert really? plus. Yeah, it's frustrating just because a, a lot of the levels, the only thing they've made harder about it is that what you're about to hit shows up like you see it so much later so you have to be much quicker processing oh. what you see huh like like it just some of them like they might even be the same notes you're hitting on expert okay. but they just again they appear later so it you, they catch you off guard yeah. or the freaking range of motion is so far that it just like drains your shoulders Oof. where you're just swinging super high or super low to okay. reach them all and then others are just so stupid fast that I, I can't even process what I'm seeing. Huh. Wow. You know, it's kind of like Guitar Hero. At, at the very uh, latest of stages, it's almost like, you know, even the experts, they can't do it on the first time, but they practice that one level over and over and yeah. over again. And that's how they accomplish it. Because it gets, like, inhumanly fast to the point where you would need to just practice it. Yeah, and that's kind of where I am. I find a song I like, and if it's too hard, I, I practice it until I get it. Cool. So yeah, Beat Saber again, and and that its reputation speaks for itself. It's it's the number one recommendation that pretty much anyone will give who's ever mm -hmm. played VR. So okay. uh, I will add, Super Hot is incredible. I've never played the real version, the console version. I've only played it in VR. 
mm-hmm. but so much fun. the The concept is uh, clear the room of bad guys, and it's all kind of like stylistic black and white. But then the bad guys are just these bright orange, like polygonal guys. Okay. The concept is time moves when you move. So if you stand perfectly still, they don't move. Hmm. It's you stop time, but as you move, the more you swing your arms, the faster you move, the faster they come at you. So it's a lot of just like stopping, freezing, thinking, kind of seeing what's around you, carefully reaching for a gun while ducking your head under a bullet flying at you. And Hmm. it is a lot of fun. And you don't need a ton of space to play it. So that's good. What's it called? Super hot. Super hot. Super hot. Sounds pretty super. in the game. It is. (laughs) And then one I think you would like a lot is The Room VR Dark Matter. Okay. And this is basically an escape room. You're a detective, and there's three levels, I think, but they they take a while to solve. And again, uh, you can do it all standing in one place, teleporting around, which is nice. (laughs) I Expect You to Die is a similar kind of escape room where there's this – you're a spy – Mm-hmm. And you have to try to solve these puzzles and they keep getting you, like you learn because it's, things keep killing you. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's called I Expect You to Die. But, uh, or maybe it's just because it's a play on like a James Bond name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Cool beans. Yeah. More stuff to check out. The Room, super hot, is great. The first job simulator is good mm-hmm. because again, that that's really just a great tech demo where you can stand in one place and you can just interact with everything. Everything around you, you can just play with. Uh, the first <laughs> level, you're just in an office cubicle. Mm-hmm. And the whole game's kind of a parody of jobs because it's taking place in the far future where you're uh-huh. working in a job museum and it's what these robots think our jobs were. Okay. <laughs> and <laughs> That's cool. So they, so they didn't quite have a, a grasp on what everything did. And it's fun. Like, there'll be a copy machine next to you, and anything you put in it, it spits out a duplicate of. And so you can just, like, print a bunch of rubber ducks off of this copy machine. You can take a paper airplane and throw it into the cubicle next to you, and then a robot pops up. He's like, hey, leave me alone. <laughs> that sounds funny. Yeah. Again, it's just a great demo of VR, especially because you don't have to move. Okay. And the uh, sequel, Vacation Simulator... Mm-hmm. I have it, but I just never got into it because it's kind of like too much. Okay. It, it's too much of a full game for something that I guess I didn't want as a full game. Ah. But anyway. I so see. That's stuff on Quest. There's more stuff on the actual PCs if you connect to that, like Half-Life Alex, which I have not finished. That game was terrifying. Oh, yeah? Cause, oh, yeah, because the graphics are good, and you're fighting zombies in that. And... Uh, <laughs> Okay. Very intense reloading. It's it's crazy how used to we are of just, you know, hitting X. Uh-huh. Reload. But no, having having to actually like cock a gun, pull the shells out, put new shells in, reload it. When there's someone in your face swiping at you, I just panic. I can't reload. <laughs> I just I go down. Oh. Shoot, man. No pun intended. I'm trying. <laughs> it's too slow. Hardy Har. Any other games that you would recommend? I'd recommend playing Ultra Wings. It's a flight simulator. It's actually pretty fun. You might want to get used to like the motion sensing stuff first. You might want to kind of wean yourself into that if you haven't gotten used to it yet because it can give you a headache if you're not used to it. When you're sitting there with like a full range around you as you're flying a plane up and down, left and right, it, it, it disorients you. And there's even like a system in the game that sort of like eases you in like the field of view grows as you continue like like play levels and progress with planes okay so yeah just just a warning it's fun just gotta ease yourself into it i don't know if i could handle that yeah it's weird you know it's 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 bad enough you know up down left right but when you're doing like you know barrel rolls and stuff Mm -hmm. (laughs) doing flips in an airplane with this whole you know mess of a world around you it's a lot to take in. <laughs> yeah, I tried like one of the roller coaster ones. And yeah. after the first drop, I'm like, nope, uninstall. <laughs> I 
I felt so sick immediately. Oof. But anyway. Anyway. Good stuff. So Very there we good. go. There's there's the Oculus. There's virtual reality. Where we've come from. Where are we going? Mm-hmm. Who knows? It's very exciting. And uh, let us know what you think. What's the future look like? Would you live in a vegetative VR state <laughs> to finish your life off? We'll see. What is our reality coming to? It's virtually crazy right now. It, that it is. That it is. Maybe it'll be more than virtual someday. Maybe. Maybe it will just become our reality. Whoa. Yeah. Who knows? That would be really cool to see. Hopefully we can see it one day. I hope so. Until then, thank you so much for listening. My name's Cameron. And I'm Jake. And we'll see you in the virtual world. You know, so sound it all. You got away again. You must think you're so clever. I promise you, agent, can't escape me forever. We're playing a game you take from me, I take from you. But every game ends, and when this one is through, I expect you to die.